Welcome to After Hours. I'm sitting here with two of the most interesting people I know. Closest to me is Josh Latier, who's a novelist, an iron worker, uh, who used to be a bank robber, but that's um, just a small part of his background. And Joe Farina, I've known for at least a decade. He's the son of my old friend Dennis Farina, the great actor. We've been spending a lot of time uh, before we came on the air talking about beer commercials, right? Josh, that's yeah. where you remember Dennis, right? Yeah, no, it's uh, the first time I remember seeing his father on screen. And it was these uh, these old style commercials back in, I don't know, the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And I remember those commercials would make my old man laugh so hard, he would almost be crying. I oh. mean, and he had like an infectious laugh. You know, and then uh, we'd be up at, you know, like my uncle's bar, and my dad would, you know, bust out an imitation, and your dad in them old-style commercials was just hilarious. That's awesome. That's awesome. Out of all things to remember about my my dad, because not a lot of people remember those commercials. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? But for that to stand out, you know, and it meant so much to your father, I remember those commercials, too, because I used to... I used to be on the set watching them. See, one, yeah, of, the, one of the things, really cool. the reason I asked you guys to come in together, and thanks a million for driving in, because you've got relatively long drives in here, is because I'm, I'm struck with you both, your fathers were huge influences in your life. Yeah. And that does not always happen. Josh, talk about your dad, uh, who, you know, among many things, you could always say, oh, yeah, your dad rode a horse from Chicago to, to Montana or Wyoming or someplace. But your dad bought one of the great lines of all time. He goes, I spent more money on encyclopedias than I did on cars, and I loved cars. Your dad imbued you with a, a taste for writing, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. We, we had books all over the house. Sometimes we use them as almost pieces of furniture. Uh, we were pretty poor most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. It was a very discombobulated childhood. Yeah. My father and my mother got married and divorced multiple times. My father was always trying to get another woman to help out, you know, raise his sons. So we moved all over the place. But uh, my father had a thirst for adventure, you know. And, yeah, the, the, the cliff notes is he rode a horse across nine countries, walked across another ten. And this is not as a rich man, you know. When my father retired... From doing physical therapy at little company Mary Hospital, he was making like eight fifty an hour and raising his kids. So he was frugal, but he's also born in nineteen forty one, the son of immigrants. You know, live really cheap and save up for the good things in life. Whether that was, you know, go out going out for a pizza with me and my brothers and my friends or whatever after a baseball game. He might not have any money till Monday, but. Or saving up a couple dollars here and there to go on one of these next trips. Yeah. That he'd be reading about, and these were all in his books, from travel books to philosophy books to literature. Don Quixote is why he wanted to ride a horse across Spain. Wow. You know, and then he researches that, save up his money, fly over there. It's 1981 with 700 bucks for a horse and under 500 bucks, you know, for, for wine and peanuts. While it took him 80 days to ride from Malaga, Spain, up, up to uh, San Sebastian. But... The love of life is what he tried to instill in me, you know. I and think- he was kind of a caveman as far as you're talking about, not spending any money on any cars. <laughs> he would always tell me, you know, and you know, we'd be kind of embarrassed to be showing up at practice or a game, you know, in the cars my dad was driving. But my dad would say, hey, Josh, 
I spent 200 bucks on this car. <laughs> if I drive it for a year, I got my money's worth out of it. And we did. After you couldn't fix it no more with pepper in the radiator or a banana in the transmission, we'd pull over to the side of the street. It's conked out. It's on fire. Take the license plate, jump on the bus, and go home. <laughs> your dad was a real Chicago guy, as was your dad, Joe. I mean, your dad... Your dad and I grew up. I didn't know him as a kid. He was a little older. He and I grew up like four blocks from each other in Old Town. That's What was his childhood like? Well, uh, oh, boy, he was the youngest of seven. Mm. Um, You know, his parents uh, came to the country uh, from Italy. Uh, His father, uh, Joseph, whom I'm named after, uh, was one of the first Sicilian immigrants to uh, graduate from medical school in Chicago. I yeah. didn't know that. I forgot, or I forgot. Pretty that. amazing. Uh, you know, he was really close with his brothers and sisters. Uh, he loved being uh, a Chicagoan. He went to St. Michael's uh, Grammar School and high school. Uh, that's where my mom and dad met, and they got married uh, right out of high school. Uh, they were high school sweethearts. Uh, my father uh, was in the army yeah. uh, as well. Uh, he was stationed in Munich. That's where my parents got married. It's in mm. Munich, Germany. Mm. So it's pretty pretty incredible. And uh, when did he become a? He, he worked in the he worked in the market, right? He the did Southwater Market. He did. That, that would have been probably uh, late sixties, right before he became a policeman. Because I think he became a policeman because uh, he was there for uh, the the riots in sixty eight. Yeah. Uh, so I think he became a, a policeman in late sixty seven, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a real inspirational story to me. I find you too. I mean, he. Don't you oh, think, he's, Josh? He's a Chicago icon. Oh, you thank know? you. And he was one of the last of a dying breed as far as in Hollywood. Thank you. you know, this this guy was a real man, not just a man of the streets, but a guy who lived a full life. Yeah. How many kids did he have by the time he started acting? Uh, well, we, there was, there's three total. Yeah, myself, and I have two older brothers, Michael and uh, Dennis uh, Jr. So he had yeah. been a Chicago cop. Yeah. One of the most difficult jobs to have out there, uh, regardless. It, yeah. And he was Regardless. a great cop. He was a fan. He was a fantastic detective. He, he made detectives. He, made he detective. was fantastic. He was a he was a magnificent policeman. He he loved being a policeman. He loved the job. Uh, if he didn't get into acting, I think he would have been a cop policeman forever. It would have been nice. He could have been the superintendent. Oh, absolutely. Of police. That would have been a good thing. Yeah. I'm talking with uh, with uh, Josh Latier and Joe Farina, and we're going to spend the whole hour talking about their lives. Josh is a novelist. Uh, Mickey Sojourn is the name of the book. Joe, if you want to join a country club, is the membership director at Crystal Lake Country Club. I'm just Rick Kogan, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. Uh, we're talking with uh, Joe Farina, uh, who is the uh, membership director at Crystal Lake Country Club, and Josh Latier, who is the author of Mickey Sojourn. He's also an iron worker. We're talking about dads and the influence that dads have on uh, lives and one of the things we were just talking about off air, Josh, was you know, given your father's you know sort of so-called resume, you might think to yourself, God, this guy must have been a terrible father. But what made him, it's obviously the core of the man that made him who he is and how he was able to inspire you, right? Uh, yeah, you know his his values and morals were real old world. I didn't realize. The gravity of these things, but they were simple old Napolitano Italian ways, which is very different from Italian American. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and we were a, a different type of family altogether. But my father preached loyalty, hard work, honesty, and love, you know. Joe, that's also the way, from what I've talked to you about, your father's inspiring you. When your father got into acting, and he was a cop, and he was still a cop when he started acting, he brought you into that world. You were little. You were a little kid. But he brought brought you into that world. You remember seeing him on stage, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, It was a unique period in my life uh, because my my parents separated around that that time. Um, And then, you know, my father never planned to be an actor. Never. It was something... uh, you know, he did. He, he got involved with uh, the movie Thief. Uh, he was hired just basically to help out. Uh, you know, really, there was some... Yeah, but you uh, got to admit, your father, and you'll tell uh, this too, Josh, his father had one of the great faces in the history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, oh. really, yeah. I, you know, when you... when you, and, and, of course, I'm biased here, but... <laughs> of course, yeah. My, I think one of the greatest moments, I mean, that first scene, the first time you ever see my father... On the screen, in thief. in thief, when he walks into the room and he gives James Con yeah. a dirty look. My dad has the full head of hair, yeah. thick mustache. That was the first play, movie, anything having to do with entertainment that my father ever did. And then, uh, next thing he did was a, was a play. Next thing you know. And then one thing happened after the other, and I he was became, along for the ride. Don't I you was think, George, he ride. became a star fast. He did. He did. Crime Story, he did. which is still one of the great TV series of all time, that came pretty quickly on the yeah. heels. He took you and I, oh, maybe a couple of brothers out to Vegas while he oh. was shooting it. <laughs> yes. that's, how old were you? I was. Uh, I just got done with my freshman year of high school oh, at Gordon Tech. That so yeah. much Yeah, fun. no, I mean, it, <laughs> now he, you know, the, the the one of the funny things about that trip is that he had to drive myself and my two older brothers from Chicago to Las Vegas. That in and of itself was a challenge for him. I don't know how he you know didn't drop us off in the middle of Nebraska somewhere because we were always fighting. Um, but eventually we got there, and my brothers. We were, once we got there, we were only going to stay there a very very short time. And uh, my brothers uh, went home. They said, you know, they, they, you know, they were, they did their debauchery and they went home. And I said, you know what? And my dad looked at me. He said, do you want to go home or do you want to stay? I said, I'm staying. My brothers are going home. I'm sticking around. Um, and I ended up in Las Vegas for about two months oh my God. watching my dad film uh, Crime Story. Crime story uh, just about every day, every night. And it, it was amazing. It was fantastic. When you were a young man, Josh Latier, and started playing uh, football, at which you were very, very good, weren't you? I was. Uh, I played football and baseball. Yeah. Which were you better at? I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. Baseball. I, I was pretty good in both of them. You wound up playing. Uh, Joe went to Gordon Tech, and you went to Mount Carmel. And yeah. You, you went up to play Gordon Tech, and you didn't expect. Gordon Tech to be what you expected. Yeah, I didn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, going into the first time I played Gordon Tech, my freshman year, I I really had no sense of the north side, you know, 
We're just a bunch of South Side kids. We're going up to the North Side to play Gordon Peck, whatever, and we're already steamrolling everybody. We're probably three, four, and all, whatever this and that. I have never even heard of Gordon Peck High School. We're just going up to play the Northsiders and all the goofy Cub fans, you know. <laughs> That's what we're thinking. And we go up to Portage Park, and it's basically like a, a sandlot, you know. You got broken glass on the infield dirt that's in one end zone. There's actually a hill going to the other end zone. There's no grass to be spoke of, and these guys all hit hard, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was a tight game. And then uh, next time I played them was my junior year at Lane Tech. And uh, we beat them resoundingly that time, only because they all came in through that gate on Addison yeah, wearing sure. shirts before the game, <laughs> blue with orange letters saying, we beat Mount Carmel homecoming, 1992, 28 to nothing. Wow. Because they, they were getting all these write-ups in the Tribune, I remember about. They Not had this, my fault. Not these my two fault. great running backs, yeah. and we ended up beating them. 28 to nothing. I have to claim innocence here because I was out of Gordon by the <laughs> So, did you but play they football? They were still Gordon? tough. They were no, tough. I didn't. I played, uh, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I was pretty good. I was a pretty good baseball player yeah. and uh, I love baseball. And I played uh, baseball for a couple years ago. What about softball? What about, let me oh, ask you guys, you're Chicago guys. What about 16 love inch? It. Yes? No? Uh, yeah, the both. only time I, I ever played 16 inch, like as a kid, we could play, you know, a form of baseball at night on the streets, and you use the corners as the bases. Obviously, you don't want to use a real baseball because you're going to be hitting it too far and never finding smashing out every window. But that's that's the only time I ever really played with the 16 inch. Really, that's interesting. And when I was done playing uh, baseball, was was in college, and then afterwards I played some semi pro. My life just never really. I never had a time to play softball. Uh-huh. I watched those what guys. What position these you guys, play in you know, baseball? I was an outfielder. What about you? Uh, first base and third base. I love softball. You were a third baseman playing 16 it. inch? It was incredible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, I've th- broken those guys a sprain every finger on my hand at least once or twice. In all of sports. People ask me for directions, and I point one way, but you know, I have a finger yeah. pointing the other way. They don't know what direction they should be going. Oh, it used, so. to, it used to blow my mind watching guys play 16 inch, play first, third base. I loved it. You know, you guys are of a generation. I'm a little generation older than you guys, but you guys are of a generation. I think that the likes of which Chicago may not really be seeing again. You know, children of first generation immigrants, grand, yeah, of immigrants, growing up in a city that is not you know riddled with bullets every day. Did you feel? Did you feel danger as kids? Josh, you're south side, you're north side. I certainly grew up in, I was in old town. I wasn't afraid of guns. I didn't know anything about guns. I wasn't afraid of being shot, walking to the park. What was it like? Were you, was there fear when you were young? No. I, 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 I loved, I was born and raised on the northwest side. I loved the northwest side. Used to ride my big wheel, my bike. Used to walk up to you know my buddies' doors to see if they wanted to play football, baseball. Go to Wil- Wilson Park, Portage Park, wiffle ball. Just just hang out. It was an amazing time, and I don't think you know I don't think that will you know, happen got, again. It was yeah, really unique. Got, it was got, awesome. You got kids now, and they live yeah. they live outside the city. What about for you, Josh? I don't I don't remember being scared. Yeah. Um. I've been shot at a few times in my life, but it was never, we were never scared about being in the streets. We kind of grew up in the streets. Yeah. My dad didn't really have any rules for us. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, 
he was of the generation. We listened to the stories of him and our fathers and, you know, our uncles or whatever this and that, fist fighting. I mean, we were literally like yeah. like the greasers in the 1980s and 1990s. We're always <laughs> out cruising for a bruise and looking for a fight. But then also it, you had to contend with a lot of times, you know, my father was always trying to have a woman in the house to, to help raise the kids. We didn't have a lot of money. A lot of the times we're living on the other side of the street. A lot of times we'd be the only white family in that neighborhood. Wow. My father could afford it. You did and live so in the a- gunfire was, it, it was kind of normal. What neighborhood did you live in? You don't have to name them all. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know if I could name them all. We got, only got like a half hour left. But I would <laughs> every point between Bridgeport and Blue Island. Yeah. And stops in between all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like Ashburn, Beverly, sure. Morgan Park, Washington Heights, Blue Island. Uh, some of them. And, Joey, you grew up in the same neighborhood the Sakura brothers grew up in, I think, right? No, uh, I, grew up, uh, I grew up on Northwest Side, Jefferson Park. Yeah, sure. That's where I, I grew up mostly, Portage Park. I spent a lot at Wilson Park. I mentioned awesome. the Sakura brothers because Alvin yeah. and Joseph Sakura, Joseph Sakura, whose uh, second season of Power Force is going to be debuting on uh, the Stars Network on September 1st, I think. Uh, you guys, we'll talk a little about your acting career after the news because. Joe, you really, you did more than flirt. You've done more than flirt with an acting career. What drew you to it in the first place? I mean, obviously, watching your day, obviously being in, in Vegas for two months on a shoot for crime story would make you think, wow, this is something I'd like to do. It was just something I felt inside of me. Uh, it just feels very, very natural. I love it. I enjoy I enjoy doing it. Uh, you know, there, I, I've been fortunate enough to meet and work with some amazing people over the years. Uh, I get I get a kick out of it. It's just a lot of fun for me. But you also have to have a straight job these days in the acting biz. Uh, Josh did. Josh did have his first acting role in the first season of Power Force, right? Yeah, yeah. My wh- first. What do you think of it? It was a blast for me, you know. And it was it was kind of natural. I yeah. don't know. And and like. Uh, like Joe's father, uh, you know, like you said, it happened fast for him. I think if you come from this city, you grow up in the city, you're around characters your whole life. Yep. And you kind of got to naturally be an actor. I bet I was a new kid at 20-something schools in my life. Yeah. Always got to kind of act a part. So when that kind of came around, I had this opportunity. I did an audition. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. And there's no pressure on me. I was, you know, 45 years old or whatever, chasing other dreams. Easy to audition for that. Well, we will talk more about the acting career. We got to talk about uh, about uh, Josh's novel, Mickey Sojourn, which is uh, uh, some story and the story you should buy. It's not difficult to buy a book these days. It's Mickey Sojourn, S O G U O. Rick, do you know how to spell Sojourn? S O J O U R N. We'll be back after the news. Welcome back to After Hours, the hour-long conversation with me, Rick Kogan, uh, Josh Latier, who is a novelist and an iron worker, Joe Farina, who is an actor and the membership director at Crystal Lake Country Club. We've been talking about uh, Joe's dad, Dennis, uh, a great, not, I'm not going to say he's a friend of mine, but I spent a lot of time with Dennis and wrote about him and wrote his obituary, and Josh's dad, Frank, who was uh, one of the great characters in the history of this town, and just about the nature of being a Chicago guy, which those two guys really were, and these two guys here really are. 
Josh, you got in some trouble when you robbed banks. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was robbing banks to finance the making of a movie. And that's the premise of the novel that I just wrote. Right, that's why in reading your novel and reviewing your novel, it's hard for me to keep you straight with the guy with Mickey in the book. And I'm like, oh, my God, did you do this? And you go, no, no, Rick, that's a novel. That's a yeah. novel. That's a novel. And you spent time in, in jail. Yeah, yeah. I was locked up for uh, four and a half, five years. Yeah. And the reason was it was such a short, uh, relatively short sentence is you never used a gun. No, I didn't use a real gun. Also, uh, I had a couple of great public defenders, and my past kind of spoke for itself. I was a union iron worker for 10 years at the time, yep. college graduate, all of this stuff. Had a bunch of letters sent in from football coaches, teachers going all the way back, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I ended up getting sentenced to 60 months. What did your dad, how did your dad react to that? I, that's something I've never asked you in our, in our many conversations. My dad was, I mean, he was conflicted. He was, he was devastated because, you know, he was, you know, coming up towards the end of his life. I was, he was uh, almost 70 years old when I got locked up. Uh, but uh, also, you know, he was, uh, he was proud that I had the balls to do what I thought I had to do at the mm-hmm. time. You know, he always left it up to me to make my own mistakes. Yeah. You know, and uh, but you know, a lot of times we were poor, we were kids. It wasn't it wasn't bad to steal food if you were hungry. Now that might be a stretch to say that I robbed banks to finance the making of a movie, but if you deemed it a noble cause, you know, I don't want to break promises, follow through with what you set out to do, then it's not such a bad thing. Wow. And he knew I was only going away for five years. Wow. So he was conflicted. He was, he's always been proud of me no matter what. And I've made a lot of mistakes in his lifetime. He was just kind of not, not happy about losing, you know, five Time years. Time with you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think about that story? That's some story, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is. It's incredible because that's the one unique thing about Chicago or being from Chicago are the stories that you hear, the characters that you meet. Everybody has a story that's special and unique to them. And, I mean, the connection sounds like with everything that you went through, you had some type of strong connection with your father somehow, some way, which, yeah. you know, which, which comes across, uh, you know, the, just by the way you, you know, you're, you're talking about him. And uh, it's pretty amazing. Really well, is. there's one hope. One hope of mine is that two two kids, now men, who grew up on the northwest side of Chicago, where Joe Farina grew up, uh, Albin and Joseph Sikora, uh they are the ones who published the book. They started. They, they they so were taken with you, Josh, who who they met you through a screenwriter who went to Columbia College here named uh, Craig Gore, who sort of helped mold Mickey Soldier in the novel. That they decided to publish it themselves as an idea of, of perhaps making a movie about this book, not about your life so much, because this book in your life. Yeah, based on the, based yeah. on the novel. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they got a lot of faith in the book, and right now it's kind of making rounds. There's there's interested parties. Gotcha. My manager's handling all of that, and I mean that was kind of the. The impetus behind me writing this novel, I decided to go back into writing once I moved over to Italy when I met my wife six years ago and I knew the only way that I was going to be able to stay over there and raise a family is if I could make money 
from over there. Let's talk about that for a second. You went you went to Italy for the first time with a buddy of yours. Yeah. You saw the woman who was who eventually became your wife, and it was it was beyond love at first sight, right? Yeah, I was struck by lightning. Now that that's that story's an entire another episode. She was born and raised in the town of Amalfi. I'm in Italy for the first time at 42 years old. I had just gotten off of federal probation. I saw her. One thing led to another. You, I don't, speak much, you don't speak much Italian at the time, do you? At the time, no. I could say a couple swear words in Napolitano. I could count the four and maybe say Merry Christmas, you know. And so talk about the courtship. I mean, you guys, were you, you sort of courted over Google Translate, <laughs> Yeah, I, right? you know, when I wrote her this letter, I had seen her three times. I'm over there. I wrote her this letter a night before I had to leave. She loved the letter. It took me 12 hours to translate it into Italian. She took me out to Hita Pizza. Oh, if she's listening, she'll get that. Uh, and we went out for pizza that night, spent the entire night until I had to leave, go to Naples at 2 in the morning. And I decided, I told her, I said, listen, I'm going to move over here, see if this is real. I came back to Chicago, two months. We're using Google Translate and WhatsApp, text message, getting to know each other. I got rid of all my stuff, told my boss I was quitting, grabbed my money, and moved over there. What's her family like? What? Now, let me ask you that question. That is an incredible, <laughs> Joe and I are looking at each other going, oh, uh, that's an incredible love story to that point. You have to meet her family. And she has to say to them in Italian or English or Russian, uh, Mom, Dad, I've fallen in love with an iron worker named Josh from Chicago. How did how did that work? Obviously, her family respects and admires you and likes you. Yeah, uh, they're they're very old fashioned. Like I said, I was raised on these Napolitano morals and ethics, and it never really resonated to me until I went back there. Or went wow. there for the first time. And you time. were 42 when you went back. I was 42, yeah. Wow. wow. And, uh, yeah, we were all cut from the same cloth. And, they, you know, they saw through the troubles. They knew about my past when I moved over there. Yeah. You know, but they ended up meeting me, and they opened their hearts to me. And accepting you. Yeah, 100%. As not, not for what you did or what you didn't do, but for who you were. Yeah. Oh, that's just a great story. Yeah. It hey, uh, Joan Albin, Sikoria, and Craig Gore, that should be the next movie. You could have, and the other thing about uh, the movie career of Josh Latier, we'll get Joe Farina starring in a, in a role in one of these things. And listen, yeah. like I said, there's, there's parties that are interested. Guys like me and Joe, we let uh, the official guys, the managers handle this stuff. Yeah. I just need to get back home to my wife and write the next one. And uh, you know, we'll talk off air about this stuff, huh, Joe? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, no conversation. <clears throat> what about a book about the great rivalry between yeah. Mark Carmel and, and Gordon Tech? Try that's to sell just, that movie. That's, try that to sell. Good. Try to sell that movie. Wheels <laughs> uh, are spinning now. <laughs> we got to take a little break on dirt fields. Uh, we got to take a little break, and then we will uh, finish off the conversation with uh, with. Uh, with Josh Latier, the author of Mickey Sojourn. He will be going back. This may be the last time you hear him on radio unless we do a remote hookup from Italy because he's going back there to see his bride uh, sometime this summer, maybe before his birthday in August. And uh, if you want to join a country club, there's no better country club in the world than the Crystal Lake Country Club because its membership director is Joe Farina. We'll be back. We are back for the 
finish off this one-hour conversation with uh, Joe Farina, the son of Dennis Farina, who is the uh, membership director at the Crystal Lake Country Club, and uh, Josh Latier, who is the son of Frank Latier, who is the author of Mickey Sojourn. I'm going to spell this for you so you can order it or walk in a bookstore and buy it. Mickey, if you don't know how to spell Mickey, you shouldn't be listening to this show. Sojourn, S-O-J-O-U-R-N. It is a book that uh, perhaps will become a movie, become a movie thanks to uh, Joseph and Albin Sikora and the screenwriter Craig Gore and maybe that fantastic actor Phil Donlan and maybe a small part for Joe Farina now that these uh, former uh, rivals from Mount Carmel and Gordon Tech are together. <laughs> uh, we've neglected, we heard all about, uh, not all about, but uh, some about Josh's uh, bride who is uh, on the amalfi coast waiting for him to return and what sounds like what sounds like josh a really great family to become a part of and i know family is a huge thing for you it is for you too joe and oh, partly yeah. because of the way you grew up with your dad oh yeah i mean uh my mom and dad i mean they were both yeah. wonderful people i i miss and love love them both very very much uh i love i i I love my family. I love being uh, a husband to my beautiful wife, Heather. How'd you love, meet? How'd we you, we you met. Have... We we used to work together. If this is on the Amalfi Coast, I'm going to no. Shut it's up not on the Amalfi. <laughs> no, no, no. See, this was a nor- far north uh, suburbs at the time. We worked. We worked together at the time, and and uh, we have a beautiful family. We have a you know beautiful beautiful daughter, uh, Olivia. How old is she? She's ten, and uh, our beautiful. Uh, beautiful son Wyatt, who's seven, who will be eight in September. Does he uh, like to play baseball? Uh, he, they're both very creative. They both tried baseball. They both really good at it, but they're both very, very creative into art, creating videos. Oh dancing, no, they want to be filmmakers. Oh my god, they could they're... be. Oh, absolutely. You should see the stuff <laughs> my my daughter creates. It's amazing, and my son loves. Uh, he loves to dance. He loves to entertain people. They both do. So I think it's in their blood, too. I'll so. have the Sakura brothers sign them up now. Yeah, now, Get them early. Get them early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get them early. How is it raising them in the suburbs? Because we, we talked a bit about how much we got, all three of us, from being raised in a real urban environment in the city of Chicago. What's it like for them? They love it. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. they really do. Uh you know, I tell them, you know, sometimes they get bored or like, all right, Dad, enough of the stories. I tell them stories about growing up in Chicago, what it was like for me way back when. But uh, but they they love it. And when I first moved out to uh, far northwest suburbs about 15 years ago, I didn't, you know, being from the city, I didn't know how I would like it. Yeah, but right. A couple of good friends of mine, uh, my friend Bob and my friend Kevin, they were both from Chicago. They moved out to Carrie and McHenry, and they said, mm-hmm. why don't you come and check this out? Heather and I looked out there, and we love it. It's a great place to raise a family. The kids love it. Um, I couldn't be ha- – really, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, it's been awesome. And you have a job. i, I got to think in the wintertime, it's less intense being the membership director of a country club because you can't say, hey, come on over and see the course. Sure, unless I – you know. 
they want to do some snow golfing yeah, or some right. ice golfing. Yeah, I could sneak them out on the course <laughs> or something like that. Is that like I'll a thing? Is that, is that a real problem. thing, snow golfing? No. Oh, okay. I used to do it's that with idea. my buddies. We used to, it, it's a good, I, it's a good idea, though. Do you, do you think at all about, about re-energizing your acting career? Because I know how much you liked it. I do love it. I, I just think it's in. It, I th- I think it's in me. I, I don't think it'll ever go away. You know, even if I'm doing other things, I I'll always be connected somehow, some way to acting in the entertainment industry. Yeah, that will yeah. never go away. And well, I say of, that is a good thing. Well, yeah. it's also hard to get away from because you you know you, depending on where you are and if there's a TV on, you're you could see your dad and and you know you're at a dinner party and you go, oh my God, Dennis is on TV. Uh, that's a proud legacy you have, right? Yeah. You know what? Thank you. I am very proud of his legacy. Uh, my father's legacy as a as an actor, as a Chicagoan, as a policeman. Um, mm-hmm. I think as time goes on, uh, I think. Without, you know, sounding, you know, I don't want to sound arrogant or anything, but I really believe that my father uh, was a Chicago icon. I really believe that. that I don't think there's any question. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Yeah. And I miss, I, I miss both of my parents. I love them both. They were just, you know, they were both awesome people. Are your kids old enough to... Maybe not all of your dad's movies, but to and maybe not the beer commercials. But are they old <laughs> enough to have seen your dad? And you say that they're that yeah. that was your grandpa. What? Are, yeah. What's that? Oh, like? they're they're because I have some pictures of my dad uh, um, on the wall from some of the movies, and yeah. TV shows he's yeah. done, and because they never got to meet him because he passed away right 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 before they were born. But it's important for me uh, to teach them about him and his legacy. That's really important. I want my kids to know about him, and this is how I'm going about doing it. Do you still hear from any of his uh, police colleagues? Every now and then, yeah. I'll see them or, or connect. Some, I think I'm connected with a few of them on Facebook. Um, I mean, I hope they're all doing well. I know some of them have passed away sure. um, over time, but uh, yeah, you know, there seems like yesterday we were enjoying those police picnics you know and uh those must have been you something. know oh that was great those was must great, have been great times something. josh do you run into you must run into occasionally people who knew your dad and loved your dad oh yeah i mean anytime i see i go back to any of the old neighborhoods everyone that i see yeah they everyone loved my father yeah i know, you know he was he was full of love he wasn't uh a global celebrity like Dennis farina he wasn't a Chicago icon that's going to be on the, the maybe the cover of a pizza box. <laughs> Your father was Chicago through and through. I mean, I, that would be scary. You know, yeah. what if it talked? Hey, here's your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down and eat it, would you? But, but my my father was uh, kind of a, a local celebrity in a, in a lot of neighborhoods and a lot of circles. He was very popular, so I do run into people that knew him. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, like. Like Joe was saying, you know, my father, he would have been 83 years old on Tuesday. Mm. So a lot of the people are gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. and these were also people from a different generation. Right. I'm sitting next to Joe Farina over here. He's 50 years old. And, you know, he's he looks younger than me. People have, people take better care of themselves now. These guys were born in the 40s. Yeah. They were children of people that grew up in the Depression. Uh, life was just harder. Yeah. And, you know, I mean... So a lot of those people are not around, but yeah, everyone remembers my old man. What do you think? 
If you don't want to answer this, you don't have to. But what do you think your dad would think of you now? What we, about the book? About the way your life you pulled your your life together when yeah. he was still alive? But I got to imagine. I mean, he might have think, thought you were nuts when you moved to Italy, but to write the book. But no, he I, didn't really think it was nuts. He was proud. And I'll tell you what, Rick. If my father was here right now, yeah, if he was still to, here. Yeah. He'd be standing on the other side of that glass with a beer watching us. <laughs> and then, you know, you and him would go out drinking beers after. You guys would be lifelong friends. My father would be right here with me, mm. 100%. And he'd be, you know, grabbing this guy by the neck, <laughs> probably doing impressions of his old man, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> what, what do you think about I mean, your, your dad would obviously be in love with your, your his grandkids. Does he yeah. have other grandkids? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think... Uh, he 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 it's a great question i think he would i think he would be very very proud of me um we were we were close even though my parents separated and divorced my father and i in our own way remained close Mm. i know he was very proud of of me um i think he would say hey kid you're you're doing a great job be be a better husband and father than i was Mm. be there for Mm. your be there for your kids uh you know just you know just enjoy life and stay out of trouble (laughs) (laughs) you know no one to say something no one to you know keep your mouth shut and uh (laughs) but i think in in essence he would have been and he would have loved he would have loved uh my kids you know his grandkids he would have loved them and vice versa well, I think he would have loved Josh's book, too, and I think he would have uh, taken Josh because uh, he did have that that unique Chicago gene that I think is kind of passing away somehow. You know, it's not it's not the same. I'm not talking about every neighborhood, but but the city has changed since we certainly since I grew up and certainly sure. since you guys grew up and maybe there'd be a, a, a part for uh, Dennis in the movie. He'd, he'd be, if he was still alive, He, I think he would be too old to play you or the character that is like you in the book. But you'd still... Yeah, if you want, writers are great. I don't know. If you maybe want. it would be like a 70-year-old guy who's in love with a 50-year-old girl robbing banks to finance like his kids' movie or something. He could always change something like that. You know, but... Oh, I would have loved. I would have loved to meet your old man, Joe. I'm wow. I'm, I'm honored to meet you. Well, this I'm honored is, to meet you. And this it is one been, of the coolest things to me in a long time. It would have been great to meet your father as well. Uh, no, you guys, the, you. The, the fathers. I didn't know yours, but I did know yours, Joe. And uh, they, they did right by you guys. I don't know, you know, genetics or biology or any of that stuff. But I think they. It's not my place to say this, but I think they would be uh, very proud of the kind of people you've turned out to be. And uh, you know, he might just say, geez, you're going back to Italy? He might go with you. That's what he might do. Yeah. Did your dad ever go to Italy? Was oh, he? many times. Yeah. He, 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 he had a wife there for a while <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> that, somehow, somehow, Joshua Latira. He walked across Italy. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't yeah. surprise me. I hope you uh, get back to Italy when you want to, and I hope you and your wife and her family, that sounds just great, are, uh, are happy. And Joe in the Northwestern Can summer. I give a shout-out to her right now? Go. Prometo. 
Can you say what that means? Or no? Yeah, I just said, I miss you so much. It hurts. Don't worry about nothing. I'm coming home soon. And you're going to bring home a Dennis Farina pizza box, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way to end this hour on nice. the show.